Welcome back to another episode of the Last Shot NBA Show here on Little Birdie TV. As always, brought to you by our good friends at topsport.com.au. Now, you know what time it is. It is Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning means we've got a very special guest. And we have yet another special guest today. Uh, he is one of the hardest working men in the basketball industry. He's a good friend of mine. He's an NBA writer and podcast host from Hoops Hype. He's Italian, but we can't all be Greek, so don't hold that against him. Mr. Michael Scotto, how are you, sir? Nick, it's a pleasure. It's great to see you again, brother. Miss you here in the arenas at Barclays and MSJ. How you doing, brother? I'm good, sir. I'm good. You know, I miss you guys as well. Look, I know you're a busy man, Mike, so we're just going to jump straight into it today. Let's go around the NBA a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chicago Bulls and DeMar DeRozan. Um, DeMar was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week, but unfortunately has been placed into health and safety protocols. We have a tweet here from Adrian Wojnarowski. DeRozan is ruled out versus Denver. Unclear how much longer he will be out for the Bulls. Uh, DeRozan will need to show two consecutive negative PCR tests in 24 hours or to be isolated for at least 10 days. Um, The Bulls also have couple other players out Kobe White and Javante Green in the health and safety protocols uh Mike the Bulls have been playing really well this season how does this affect them moving uh, forward oh it's it's an incredible blow you know DeMar DeRozan has been their fourth quarter go-to guy down the stretch and um he's been a guy that's been an MVP candidate no question that uh his loss is going to hurt them you know Zach Levine has has done what he's done for the past few seasons and it's been great to see but they also needed DeMar to carry them without Nikola Vucevic as well. And now Vuce is going to have to return the favor for Chicago. Um, I've been impressed with them so far, Nick. Uh, I thought it would take them a little bit of while to gel with the additions of DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso over the summer. But, uh, you know, kudos to Billy Donovan, who was also uh, named Coach of the Month in the East. Uh, he's made it become a seamless transition for them. And, and they're right near the top of the East with the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Well, you mentioned how good DeMar's been in the fourth quarter. I think by the numbers, he's the best fourth quarter player in the NBA this season. Uh, Mike, I just want to quickly ask you your thoughts. I mean, you guys over there in America are getting into the heart of winter, you know, pretty soon. And there's a lot more cases popping up now. Guys are sort of entering the health and safety protocols. Now we've got this Omicron variant as well. Um, You know, how do you see how do you see the league sort of policy Uh, shaping up throughout the season as it tries to sort of navigate its way through new variants and more guys dropping out and all that sort of stuff? Well, it's definitely in the winter here, Nick. That's why we're rocking the beard right now. But (laughs) as far as uh, for the protocols, look, they're in place for a reason to try to keep the season moving as seamlessly as possible. Ultimately, you know, the league stance is, you know, if you've got, uh, you know, your vaccine, hopefully you get a booster. That's the best way you can combat uh, the the new variants that are out there and 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 this virus that we've been dealing with uh, you know with COVID for uh, a long time now. So I to me it's just the uh, their way of trying to keep everybody as safe as they can. They want to obviously get through the season. Um, you know if you talk to any players, they don't want to do a bubble again. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, you know I would expect them to 
uh, just try to navigate it as best they can. They expect that guys are going to miss some games at times. It's just part of it. You know, it's the winter season. It's more likely to spread now uh, than it would be in the summer, for example. So, uh, you know, because most people are inside because it's cold out. So uh, for the league, you know, they've prepared for this. And I, I think that the players certainly don't want as I said, to go into a bubble. So I look for them to try to push through this as best that they can. How do you see, uh, you mentioned that you didn't think the, the Bulls would gel this quickly. Uh, I was kind of in the same boat as well. I liked the moves that they made in the offseason, but I just didn't mm-hmm. see them being this good this quickly. Um, DeMar's averaging 26.5 points a game, 5.3 rebounds, 4.1 assists. Um, how far can this Bulls team go in the playoffs, Mike? You know, I think certainly with... Uh, with Brooklyn missing Kyrie Irving and knocks down their chances to me, uh, Nick, I think the Milwaukee Bucks overall are the team to beat in the East currently as a, you know, we're taping this, they're undefeated when Giannis, Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton all play together. And that's, you know, including, you know, with games with Brooke Lopez out and he's getting surgery for his back. So to me, I think Milwaukee is the team to beat right now. They uh, until proven otherwise, I think Chicago, and uh, Brooklyn are in that tier to, to try and combat them. Philadelphia took a step back without Ben Simmons uh, this year. And I, I think that, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to really replace his production. They've shown that this to this point. So to me, those are the real contenders I look at in the East with Milwaukee being the front runner. I agree with you, Mike. I picked them at the start of the season to go back to back. Um, obviously, they were, you know, had a lot of guys not playing, and and we we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit later. But I, I feel like this is a good time to bring it up now. Um, I still, I'm still sticking with them to go back to back. Like you said, with their three big three guys playing together, they are undefeated. They lost to the Toronto Raptors last week, uh, mm-hmm. but Giannis didn't play in that game. Um, they've looked really, really good when they've been healthy. They've got a favorable schedule coming up. Um, of the 12 games left in this calendar year, they've got Miami next, um, Houston twice, Orlando twice, Boston twice, New York, Indiana, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Dallas. Uh, out of all those games, only Miami is the team that's, you know, at least two games over 500. So they could really go on a nice little run to close out 2021, couldn't they? Oh, no question, Nick. And I mean, again, the biggest thing for them has been getting everybody healthy and having Giannis, Drew, and Chris Middleton all on the floor together. Um, You know, to me, I just felt like the continuity they had. Bringing back Bobby Portis was a little bit of a surprise. I think most people thought that he would leave for more money. Um, But now in coming back, they'll have uh, his bird rights and be able to pay him more uh, if he wants to say. It's been a great fit for him. and, And, you know, kudos to him for valuing that as opposed to just taking the bag somewhere else. And, and, you know, Milwaukee's been the best fit for his ability so far. I think that can't be um, understated. And then they added more shooting with the Grayson Allen trade. And uh, ultimately for them, uh, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, they're going to have to see what they do in the future with him and uh, in, in free agency, they, you know, extended Grayson Allen. So I think they're pretty well positioned looking ahead for the next few years. Um, and, and obviously, when you have Giannis, you have a chance to win every single night. Uh, one of the great players uh, we've seen, let alone top uh, 75 all time now, uh, as he was just named to that list. And Mike, like I always like to say, a Greek man will never let you down 67% of the time. Um, and, <laughs> and look, I, I like the signing of DeMarcus Cousins as well, because now with Brooke Lopez out, they need another big body there. Um Mike, I want to get your thoughts on the rookies so far this season. Obviously, down here in Australia, we're very proud and very excited to see what Josh Giddy's been doing. 
with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, prior to the season, I had picked um, Jalen uh, Green to win the um, Rookie of the Year, but I, I'd like to think that Josh Giddy's making a nice little case for himself uh, in, in that race, Mike. What do you see from Josh Giddy and from the rookies in general? Well, Nick, I also picked Jalen Green coming into the year. I figured he was going to have the most opportunity out of anyone to really make a name for himself and have a lot of minutes and shot opportunities on a rebuilding Houston Rockets team. Uh, but, you know, he's been sidelined for a little bit. I think when you look at the rookie of the year race right now, it's headlined by two guys, uh, Evan Mobley, who's clearly had an impact on Cleveland when he's on the floor and helped them even make themselves in the play-in conversation. And Scotty Barnes with Toronto so far, those are the two front runners right now uh, through about a quarter of the way of the season. Josh Giddey's made a nice case for himself as well in OKC. Um, certainly with Josh, his passing ability has been on full display. And he's one of the youngest guys to get a triple-double. Kudos to him uh, on that mark so far. I just think ultimately Evan Mobley's ability to help Cleveland win games might – ultimately be a factor. He's a great two-way player, as is Scotty Barnes. Um, so that's going to be, to me, the the two-man race, I think, as of right now for Rookie of the Year. I mean, look, Kate Cunningham could make a run, too. He's put up some good numbers lately with Detroit. But through a quarter of the season, it's Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes, according to most people right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, the good thing is with Josh Giddy, we know he's going to get a lot of playing time with OKC, um, you know, obviously get a chance to display what he's able to do. You mentioned his passing ability, but I've also seen a, a big growth in his sort of confidence in being being able to take the ball to the rim and attack and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's another Australian that was in the news yesterday, uh, Mike, that I want to talk to you about, Ben Simmons. Now, there was a, I believe it was a report from Shams, um, who said that uh, Dame Lillard is keen on playing with um, with Ben Simmons. Now, obviously, that would have to be a trade uh, to get him over there. Mike, uh, you've broken a lot of big stories over the years. You're very well plugged in with the NBA world there. Have you heard anything more um, as to what was reported? Well, you know, Nick, what's interesting about that is Philadelphia had the C.J. McCollum trade offer on the table. They also had Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert that they could have looked at as well, and they declined to do that. I think they thought that they would get better offers for Ben Simmons, and that has not materialized to this point. Um, a difference in evaluation for Philadelphia's management versus those in the league. Now, uh, with that said, you know, I think Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard would be an interesting mix because Dame and Ben both usually need the ball in their hands. I don't really know if I see the two of them working as a pick and roll tandem. I think, you know, you could see if Ben Simmons ever came to Portland, Damian Lillard would work off the ball. Uh, the biggest thing that Ben Simmons would provide that the Portland Trailblazers sorely need defense. is defense. Yeah. You know, this guy's a, a defensive player of the year candidate and he can guard one through five. Uh, you know, Portland couldn't stop anybody in a phone booth right now. So, um, that's the that's the biggest problem right now for them. Um, I I think they've got a, a lot to figure out. Certainly, it starts with what are they doing with their GM? Um, if they keep it internal and go with Joe Cronin, maybe they try to re retool around Dame as much as try to rebuild. Because you got to remember, Nick, uh, while Dame Lillard would command a lot on the trade market, you also got to factor in Dame Lillard is one of the few superstars that is vocally wanted to stay in Portland and make it work. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge didn't end up staying there. Brandon Roy got hurt and uh, had to retire early. So when you have a, a guy in Damian Lillard like that, 
who wants to be in Portland. You can't discount that. I think for C.J. McCollum, he's been a guy that's always been on the cusp of being an all-star player, but it hasn't materialized yet, whether it was injury or some other uh, form. But we've seen this time and time again. They're a high-powered scoring backcourt, and it only gets you so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Also, you know, I think they've got guys that if they moved Nurkic and they moved Robert Covington, I think they could get some assets back for them. The question is going to be, do they want to rebuild or do they want to retool? Because yeah. to me, Damian Lillard's 31. The clock's ticking on him. He doesn't have time really for like a two-year rebuild, in my opinion. I think he'll still be a good player. He's not going to be superstar Damian Lillard at that point. So uh, to me, that's where you got to you know, really have a conversation with uh, Lillard and figure it out. Plus, you know, uh, you know, Roge with the report about him wanting the Supermax extension – and, and trying to earn over 50 million, you know, when he's like 35, 36, that's a whole different discussion at that point. Because then, you know, while you keep Dame and you definitely lock him in, we've seen what contracts like John Wall, Russell Westbrook, these are guys that were making 40 plus million. Dame making 50, and I mean, he's a better player than both those guys, all due respect. Uh, but that would certainly be. Um, something that you never know. You never know that far down the road what could happen. A guy could get injured. Anything can happen. So those, to me, those are always uh, concerning to to have those type of discussions. But uh, for for a market like Portland, you might have to uh, bite the bullet on that if you want to keep them. Mike, you know who's going to give him that contract? Fifty million dollars a year in the mid thirties, right? Come on, you know which team's giving him that contract? The New York Knicks. Yes, sir. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, the Knicks, the Knicks have been, you know, looking to get a, a star, a true star. Um, you know, Julius Randle has improved and been a really good player for them, an all-star caliber player. But is he a star? Uh, he's uh, not a number one option no. or, or a number two option. Yeah. Yeah. And you you know what you're going to get with, with Julius. You know, R.J. Barrett, they need more out of him. Uh, you know, and then the signings they had this offseason in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, I don't think they've gone as well as they would have liked. You know, Fournier a couple times hit some big shots at the end of the games, but overall he's been inconsistent. Uh, Kemba Walker getting benched, I think, was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, especially considering Tom Thibodeau went with Alfred Payton as a starter pretty much all last year. The difference yeah. was Payton plays better defense. And clearly, if you're going to play for Tibbs, you got to play defense. Yeah, so. Yeah. The plus minus numbers uh, evaluated and reflected that. That's why Alec Burks started, but Alec Burks isn't a point guard either. So, yeah, I certainly think that they're going to have to look at that earnestly down the line uh, if, if Damian Lillard's available. And I certainly, um, you know, would expect that uh, to everybody and their mother is going to be calling Portland to see what the future holds for Damian Lillard and CJ. And you're going to see that with other teams too, like Port, um, with the Indiana Pacers in addition to Portland, you know, as a potential seller uh, heading towards the deadline for the teams that are looking to be playoff contenders. All right, Mike, uh, we know you're a busy man. We're going to let you go. Before we let you go, uh, we're just going to take a quick look at some of the games that we've got on today. Only three games on the schedule, unfortunately, today. Uh, we've okay. got the Brooklyn Nets and the Dallas Mavs. Brooklyn Nets, $1.78 favorites. The Mavericks, two eleven. 
The line is at two. Total is at 221. That game's live on ESPN. Uh, Brooklyn are 0-6 against championship contending opposition this season. I'm not saying Dallas is a championship contending team, but this is a this is a, a game that Brooklyn need to win, Mike. Um, I do like Brooklyn to win this one. Uh, who do you like? I like Brooklyn as well, and it's going to be a shootout. I'd go uh, – what, what, what was it, 220 combined? 221. I think uh, – Oh, that's close. That's like right at a push. Uh, <laughs> ah, take the over. Texas shootout. All right. Texas shootout from Mike Scott. The next game we've got on the schedule is the Knicks and the Spurs. Uh, Spurs had a four-game winning streak, lost yesterday to Phoenix. Uh, the Knicks are favorites here, $1.84. Spurs, 203 The line is at one. The total is at 211 That one's live on League Pass. Uh, Mike, I've said this plenty over the last week or so because um, I picked the Knicks early in the season. I got a little bit carried away with the Knicks when they were 5-1, and one, uh, but we suck right now, and I said I'm never picking them again, so I'm just going Spurs based off that alone. <laughs> I, I would go with the Spurs because I think DeJounte Murray is going to cause problems for the Knicks, and um, ultimately the, the Knicks, you can't bank on them every night. I don't even think they're going to – both those teams are going to hit the – the the line I think we'll go under for that from what I saw on uh, on the graphics so far. All right, last game on the schedule: the Celtics at the Lakers. That's the afternoon game down here in Australia. The Lakers favorites here: dollar fifty seven. The Celtics two fifty one. The line is at four. The total is at two nineteen. That one is live on ESPN this afternoon. Uh, Lakers a five hundred ball club at the moment. Twelve and twelve. Celtics thirteen and eleven. Been very very inconsistent this year. Um, but I do like the Lakers in a close one at home, Mike. You know, I would have said the same thing, but now I'm thinking it's the Dennis Schroeder revenge game. So I'm gonna go with the Celtics. <laughs> And uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be close. But, you know, to your point, look, both these teams have been extremely inconsistent all season. Uh, Carmelo Anthony will be back for the Lakers. That's a good boost for them. Uh, But I think ultimately Dennis Schroeder has been circling this one on his calendar for a while. I expect them to have a big game against the Lakers tonight. All right. We'll see how that one plays out. Excuse me. Mike, like I said, we know you're a very busy man. You have big news to break and podcasts to record. So thank you very much for your time. Um, we definitely hope to have you on again uh, as the season goes on. You're always welcome on this show. We will be back on Friday morning with old mate Benyam Kadane uh, once again. This has been the Last Shot NBA show brought to you by our good friends at topsport.com.au and we'll see you guys on Friday morning.